The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and I was looking forward to having a very nice, all-good-news show, because we've got lots of lots of stuff to get through, and a lot of it was good, um, until Friday night, when everything got a little bit weird. Uh, Marvel decided to change the name of the Eternals movie. They dropped the word the from the movie title. It is now just Eternals. Actually, I'm kidding. That, that Well, that is a thing. It did happen. That is, That's not the bad news, though. That is a thing. Um, uh, basically, it started, I was getting ready for bed, right? And my daughter walked in with, you know, staring at her cell phone. I'm not sure why I bother saying that part because she's a teenager. It's more of an appendage than an appliance at this point. Right. So you can kind of assume there is a cell phone attached. She said, where do I know the name Chadwick Boseman? Hmm. I said, well, he's a uh, black Panther. That's probably where you know him from. She goes, he died. And my first thought now, listen to this through before you go, Oh, you're a horrible person. My first thought was, Oh good. Now we know what tonight's, uh, internet conspiracy theory is because there's no way that could have happened. And so I pick up my phone and the right. Associated Press reports and I went, oh, damn, it's real. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, this is such a bizarre story. It turns out that he had had uh, been fighting colorectal cancer for at least four years, was diagnosed with it four years ago and was stage three then. Uh, so this this guy is making, performing some iconic roles while fighting cancer, and it's like how how do you pull off playing Black Panther? It, it, that's just it's crazy how he was able to not only physically do that, but mentally and emotionally do that. I mean, most people when they're fighting cancer, and I've known a few, uh, it's difficult to get through the day, and, and this guy goes out. And does this level of work? Uh, like Rob said, I was just, you know, oh, this is going to be a cool show. This will be a lot of fun. And it will be when we get there. But, I mean, I've cried three times about this. And he wasn't my favorite actor or anything. He's, he's a, a great actor. But I stayed up late to watch one of his other films other than Black Panther because everyone is talking about Black Panther. And we will, too, because it's a terrific film. <clears throat> but I mean, picture what this guy played Jackie Robinson, one of the most, honestly, one of the most important figures in American history. And if you don't know uh, the battle for civil rights, then you're overlooking that man. He played James Brown. I wouldn't say he's one of the most important figures in American history, but he's one of the most important entertainers in the history yeah. of this country and worldwide. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, there's a reason they call him the godfather of soul and funk. Thurgood Marshall, first black Supreme Court justice. Um, it, this guy played absolutely iconic roles and played them iconically. And then put Black Panther on top of that. Who just actually was also kind of an iconic role. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, the, the movie's very meaningful, everybody. But if you're a person of color... That movie was a game changer. It absolutely was a game changer. And in no small part because of Chadwick Boseman. I mean, you read the comments from people who worked with him. And you see the word devastating over and over and over. And it is. Yeah. It really is. I, uh, I haven't done this yet, but I was, I was thinking back to, uh, Endgame, mm -hmm. and with all the the special effects and everything that went on, I do not recall. I, I, and I'm just thinking aloud, and this I could be absolutely wrong on this, and it wouldn't bother me at all if I was. Uh, I'm wondering if Chadwick Boseman was actually even there for that, because I don't even, I don't recall Black Panther having any lines, and I'm thinking they yeah. they. they yeah, he did? Okay. Yeah, he had some lines. Like but, I, said, you know, I, I didn't remember, and I haven't looked yet. <clears throat> and, you know, there were action-heavy scenes with him, of course, and a lot of those are CGI, because a, a lot of them had to be CGI in Black Panther, too, just because uh, there aren't a lot of people who can jump 30 feet. Uh, so, but, yeah, 
Um, that is a good question. How much of that was, I'm thinking he was there for all of it because no one has come forth, come forward and said, we knew what he was going through while filming. I don't think anybody knew what he was going through while he was filming or maybe they're being respectful, which is a lovely thing to do and not saying what he was going through. But regardless of whether we knew it or not, I mean, my God, to, to make performances like he did, give us performances like he did, is just, just amazing. <clears throat> just amazing. I'm thirsty all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, what is, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not meaning to, to belittle him. I'm actually, and this is something that, that hit me last night. Where do you go with the Black Panther movies from here? Well, I thought about that too. I mean, we and I like your idea. You texted me. We talk about movies, you know, and and there are two ways they can go, and I think either one is really good. I think they can go with Michael B. Jordan because he was coming back anyway in Black Panther Two, and he's resurrected. And if he's resurrected, he's reformed, and he sees the errors of his ways. He's the new Panther, which would give—I mean—that's a terrific character. He's a terrific actor. That would give an awesome arc. And that would, what a backstory that character would have that Black Panther fights for justice. And he's coming from a place where he was kind of an embodiment of rage against injustice and not handling it correctly. <laughs> so that would be terrific. I also thought Denia Guria uh, have a female Black Panther because she certainly has the physical ability. Um, yeah. Uh, for those who may not remember Michonne in The Walking Dead. And man, she has presence. She has every bit of screen presence as any actor they've had. So I would be thrilled with either one. Uh, I, I think that if you, if you go with your first option, you can do that in Black Panther 2. Right. But if, if it ends up being uh, a Koye, tell me I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if they turn her into Black Panther, which... I actually see being the more the more logical considering how she was in charge of Wakanda. Yeah, I do too. Black Panther was dusted. I don't think you can do that in Black Panther 2. You have to do that somewhere else and continue it in Black Panther 2. It's they have and again the big story is obviously the death of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I'm trying Marvel to Marvel bit. Marvel is a Black Panther made $1.2 billion. They're not going to make, they're not going to just say, well, in honor of Chadwick Boseman, we're not going to make Black Panther 2. Um, because it's, it's a business, you know, and we talk about that aspect of, of movies as well. So they're not going to just abandon it. So, but they can certainly honor. <clears throat> yeah. Honor him. So it'd be interesting to see how they, how they go with it. They've got, but I would be upset if they don't go down one of those two avenues. And re- honestly, they could do both, you know, over time. But I, I would be, I, it makes zero sense to do anything but that. It makes zero sense. So. Um, let's make the show a bit happier. Yes, please. Um, last weekend was the DC Fandome. Which was kind of like Comic Con, only on, on all online, and um, you, you get to, you got to watch interviews with all the people in the upcoming movies and talking about the books and everything. And I noticed that for DC Fandom, trending in Georgia, the the state where I live, was <laughs> Marvel. Because apparently Georgians don't know the difference. So, yeah, uh, getting a lot of tweets in Georgia where people were saying things like, I love the look of this new Superman movie, hashtag Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) You twits. Do do you not realize that you're watching something literally called DC Fandom? And (sighs) what the hell? Anyway, uh, we got a lot of interesting movie news out of this. We did. Uh, and some, some good trailers and some, some other stuff, which is kind of weird. Um, yes. <clears throat> a Static Shock movie is on its way. 
That's interesting. I hadn't heard about that. I <clears throat> was not expecting. Apparently, and I, I, apparently, I've been underrating Static, um, the character, not the noise here. <laughs> yeah, that. Stuff. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> I, I didn't realize he was that, that that popular a character. I knew he had a TV show, but right. <clears throat> I did not realize. Um. But, they, you know, there's no footage yet. There's no casting or anything. Just a, hey, it's on its way. And you go, okay, good. Uh, we did get a new uh, Wonder Woman trailer. We did. Which I thought looked good. I did not <clears throat> did not right. catch Max Lord's name in it. And he's the big bad for the movie. Uh, we did get to see Cheetah, though. We did. Uh, what did you think of how Cheetah looked in this? I, I, I really like that we saw Cheetah in, in various forms, stages. I, I like the fact that they did that. I thought the the end stage cheetah looked really good. Um, I'm not sure that I'm completely down with cheetah as like the villain. I know Max Lord is the arch villain, but still, because I never really cared for the character that much. But I really like the casting, and I really like the way the character looks in this, the way they're presenting it. So, and the rest of it with Wonder Woman and and someone who comes back, really interesting. I really like the trailer. The trailer, again, makes me want to see the movie, which I already did, but... As opposed to the Snyder Cut. <laughs> we got a trailer <clears throat> for the Snyder and some, some news about the Snyder Cut that doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. But <clears throat> I'll, I'll start with this. Most of it looks, this is the important word, looks really good agreed Ex most except dark side agreed dark side dark side looks like a placeholder i hope I'm for hoping. what the finest effects will be and if that's the case why would you release it or why would you not blare this is just a why would you make it more apparent that you know i would have shown whoever's doing the motion the mocap and shown the actor with the dotted suit instead of that. Because that looks like it's from a bad 90s video game. Like, it, it, really? He's shirtless. I have gone back to read a lot of you know the, the Jack Kirby uh, New God stuff where Darkseid yeah. came from. Yeah, I've never seen him. I don't recall seeing him shirtless. I don't either, <clears throat> ever. It, it, for one thing, and without, it doesn't look that much like Darkseid, honestly. We no. know it's dark side. And even if it's some minion, which they decided to, you know, for some reason we'll focus on this odd character, which isn't dark side, which would be stupid. It still looks like crap. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, to me, I, I liked a lot of the scenes they showed. Uh, there's a lot of focus on Superman in his black suit. Like this is world breaking. It's like, okay, that's cool. But if all you're going to give us is a black suit, Superman and a shitty looking dark side, <laughs> You should have kept it, dude. Hopefully, well, it's a placekeeper. A lot of it does look good. I appreciate that a lot of it is... Um, apparently, it's like, what, 75% different footage from the, for the one we've seen, which makes sense because they had a ton of stuff to work with. And they spent $170 million on it, apparently about five of that on Dark Side. Uh, not even... Yeah, yeah. By, by five, he doesn't mean five million. He means five dollars. Yeah, exactly. $5. They're doing now, some interesting say, stuff with it, though. It looked great, but they ran the Hallelujah Chorus over it. Thank you. Which is, quite frankly, and if you read my blog, you know this, quite possibly the worst song ever recorded. <laughs> well, Because Hallelujah is supposed to be a happy, uplifting thing, and if you, this, doesn't, this song sounds... It, it doesn't matter who's singing it. It always sounds like Eeyore overdosing on heroin. Well, it, it's not a happy song. What the I, hell? I think it's a great song because uh, it turns the concept on its head. However, I think it's terribly inappropriate for this trailer. And not that it's inappropriate for a movie, but to me, it's like, hallelujah, the Snyder Cut is coming. That's what it smacks of. And it's like, dude, you, you screwed the pooch. With Man of Steel, which frankly isn't a very good movie, Batman v Superman is horrifically terrible. Uh, it had a couple moments, but yeah, yeah it's not two good. two moments, which is awesome. <laughs> you 
you know, he's done he's done some really good movies. I love Watchmen. Most people don't like Watchmen. I'm talking about the movie, not the HBO series. I think that's an excellent movie. I love 300. Some people hate that. The Day of the Dead remake, excellent stuff. But he also did Sucker Punch. He's extremely uneven. So, <clears throat> you know, to have the hallow- to be singing hallelujah over this is like, dude, that just sucks. There, there are plenty of funeral dirges he could have played over this because, you know, it's, just, it's a dirge for the end of the world and blah, blah, blah. And here comes the Justice League to save us. And, oh, there's Superman. Say, hey, I get it. But it smacks of, thank God, I'm back. It is like, that's a horrible, horrible freaking choice. <clears throat> sucks. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make it worse. The movie is not being released as a movie. That's it's true. being released as four one-hour episodes Correct. per week. And so then you can watch it as a movie after that. Um, Who thought that was a good idea? You know, I, I'm actually okay with it because how many people are going to watch a four-hour movie? And, and I, I know Lord of the Rings we, every so often. Exactly, every so often. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too, is it's on HBO Max. They don't want people to sign up for HBO Max Watch it and then cancel. This way you gotta have it for you gotta. So you know, I get that. I get what they're doing, but uh, and I'm fine with it because it is pretty long. I think it's cool that it's four hours because it's a long story that way. So apparently we're getting Justice League and his sequel all in one is what it sounds like to me, which is cool. Um, You know, I'm interested to see it. God, I hope they spend about another $30 million making Darkseid look <clears throat> somewhat realistic because that's awful. I mean, I just about would rather have a guy in a rubber suit because that just looks horrific. It is so bad. It well, pulls, you out of, pulls you out of the movie. Yeah, let's it's flip it a bit. Problem. They also released a trailer for uh, The Batman. That looked good. It sounded good. And I want this a hell of a lot sooner than I want the Justice League. I want this like now sooner. Right. Because this looks like, it looks like a Batman book. It does. Finally. And of course it's based on, I'm sure it's kind of loosely based on the long Halloween because you ain't got time to make that into a movie. But it all looks excellent. Absolutely looks excellent. I like the take on, you know, that this is basically this year two of Batman. Right. I like the fact that the Riddler, uh, doesn't look like the Riddler, at least in the scenes we've seen him. Nothing like what we've seen of the Riddler before. So Batman looks like Batman. Yeah, he's got a different look, all the rest of it. But he's still definitely he looks Batman. Younger because he is. Hello. Yeah. Hello. It, looks, it looks really, really good. I didn't get enough of a vibe of uh, Batman being a detective, but I'm not sure how good a trailer that would make. Yeah, so I don't think you can. I'm fine with that. Trailer. So, well, he can, but I mean, it's not going to be too exciting to watch him like looking at something and and jotting down notes and probably his n- notebook instead of the bat computer because he probably doesn't even have that yet. So, bat yeah, book. yeah, he's got the bat book. So, um, yeah, the trailer looks really good. All everything, the world looks good, all of it. So, thank goodness they released something. So, this too, Wonder Woman 1984 looked good. The Batman looks really good. The Snyder cut looks kind of. Anyway, um, it looks promising. It's just if they finish it, it could be really good. We'll see. Uh, one of the things we've actually, I think, always liked about uh, DC is their animated stuff, and so we got the schedule for next year's animated movies, uh, which include starts off with Batman: Soul of the Dragon, which yes. includes uh, the characters Richard Dragon, Bronze Tiger, and Lady Shiva. So that's cool. Very, very awesome. Uh, we get a Justice Society movie, which predates the Justice League, which includes the original Green Lantern and Flash uh, with very Hawkman, good. Girl, Dr. Fate, Sandman, Dr. Wildcat, Fate. Our Man, and the original Starman. Yay. Very, very good, because I love that book. And then we get two more Batman films where they're doing The Long Halloween as parts one and two. Which is fantastic, because that's one of the best Batman stories ever. Which is odd that they're doing it now when the, the theatrical movie is kind of based on the same story. So, oops, interesting timing. But yeah, really excited to see The Long Halloween. Um, 
But actually, this year, they weren't done yet because this week they came out with Superman, Man of Tomorrow, uh, which is the first animated feature they've done since closing off their new 52 storyline in the animated series with, uh, what was it, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which was good. It was. Uh, so is this the first of the new animated series or a translation of one of the books? And the answer is, I'm not entirely sure. <clears throat> I kind of hope it is a good start because... Uh, this particular story is not not based on the Superman Man of Tomorrow book. Uh, it's based ever so loosely, I'll go with inspired by, uh, Superman Year One, which is kind of like Batman Year One, only with Superman. Uh, and it's not like the, the Frank Miller books Superman Year One, which would have been very cool. But they... Uh, they took the Superman origin story and it gets a revamp, which is, you know, an update. <clears throat> There's just a few minor twists to it. Uh, doesn't go to work for the Daily Planet as a, because it's a big metropol metropolitan newspaper, which means it has chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry in it. It, it He goes to, to – it's more of a <laughs> thing. I'm glad someone's going to get that. And so there you go. Um, there's a, but there's a, a few other things. He he knows he's an alien, but he doesn't find out he's from Krypton until he encounters Lobo. Um, he does not find out his name is Kal-El from the, uh, the computer that came with his spaceship because he can't get into it, which is a thing that makes absolute sense. How would an infant know how to instinctively get into a computer? Um, he finds out from the Martian Manhunter, which... You know, it, it, it sounds kind of weird, but it does work with the story. That totally uh, works. Now, you know, as far as the story goes, is Lex Luthor the big bad guy? Not really, but he is in it, uh, voiced by Zachary Quinto. So there's a little bit more Mr. Spock to Luthor than we've been getting. And I think that works. Um, I and, really like that they've recast because at some point you, you kind of have to. You kind and, of have, and, and especially this is a new DC universe. Basically, is what they're saying. Well, it makes sense that their voices are different. So, well, I like that Lobo's in it. I really love that Martian Manhunter's in it. Well, actually, I think you'll love this too. There are some parallels made between Luthor, who gets sentenced to prison early in the early on in the movie, and uh, some orange twat who's on our own planet. <laughs> so, uh, what? Social commentary at a comic book? Yeah, yeah, it could happen. Um, I was a little worried about this movie because the of the new 52 storyline, and I really liked how they did that, the animated versions of it, and how they've been, they were fun but dark. Right. And with this new style of animation and art and everything, I was worried that it was going to be too light and fluffy because the trailer kind of made it look like that. But you know what? It's it, it <clears throat> is it's lighter in that you can see better, but it's not light and fluffy. It's still fun and dark. It's got parasite in it, so it ain't going to be too light. Oh, and you fluffy. blew the thing! I wasn't going to say who the bad guy was. I because it's, 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 it's it really is. It's kind of a spoiler, so don't listen to Todd. Well, um, except, except, <laughs> except that they show the character like on. Well, the... you can't really tell who he is though. Because he doesn't look like Parasite in a form that I've seen him before. Mm, immediately, I immediately thought, oh, that's who that is. When I saw the still photo <laughs> promoting the movie, it's like, they should have put something else. He kind of looks like he could. He also kind of looked like Martian Manhunter. So I was thinking they might have brought in another Martian. There were, anyway. <clears throat> Edit this it's, part out. <laughs> it, uh, it's, I was going to say, it really was, it's not the best animated movie in the DC lineup, but it's a lot better than the Batman Harley Quinn movie. Mm. What do but, you think about the style? It was, it was different, but I kind of right. liked it. I do. I do. And I haven't seen the movie. I'm just talking <laughs> about the trailer. Um, I like that. I, I like that. It's a different style. Um, it's still very similar in that it, it's, it's not old school Disney animation or right. hand drawn Miyazaki at all. You know, it's still very, um, cost-effective styling, so it's stylized. But it's less, it doesn't have quite the hard, sharp edges of what we've seen. You know, it's a little bit more naturalistic, I think. And like you said, it's brighter uh, yeah. from what we've seen for quite a while, too. I like it. Well, I, I like it's a change. I'm sorry? It's a Superman movie, so it kind of has True. to be brighter than, you know, True. Batman. Batman's always been, <clears throat> ooh, I can't see. 
But it does seem to, I mean, literally has less hard edges, as in literally. So I like the fact that it's a new universe. So we've got new voices. We've got a new look. It's still definitely part of the family, but it definitely looks different from what they've done before. So I think that's a really good choice. Um, it's currently available streaming from Google Play or Amazon Video, but it's 20 bucks. Yeah, okay, 1999. Right. Whatever. I Anyway. So I'm actually going to suggest to hold off until the DVD comes out later in September because it'll be cheaper. September 8th, you can also rent it. So there you go. See, there you go. Um, something else that came out this week that's available for streaming, and I was really not sure what to make of this movie. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, we watch movies, so you don't have to. Um no, it's not that bad. As a matter of fact, it's one of the best films of the year by default because there isn't a whole lot else. Um, basically, what ha the storyline is that the time-space continuum is collapsing because Bill and Ted haven't written the song that's supposed to unite the world and so on and so forth. Okay, fine. Um, so Bill and Ted go to the future to steal the song from themselves where they encounter evil versions of themselves. I did like the version uh, of Bill and Ted that uh, had taken over Dave Grohl's house. <laughs> and pretend that's a, a bit of a spoiler, but not much. Dave Grohl does have a cameo of what the hell are you guys doing in my house? Oh boy. And that, that's the extent of his cameo. Meanwhile, our, uh, more of our heroes, really, in this are Billy and Thea, the daughters of Bill and Ted, who go off and recruit another band to play the great song that they're supposed to have. Now, Billy and Thea are kind of, to, in my head, very meh characters. But some of the guys they get, uh, Louis Armstrong, uh, played by Jeremiah, Jeremiah Kraft, and Jimi Hendrix, played by Dasman Still. If they make more another biopic of the either of these guys, they got them nailed. This awesome. Works. That's awesome. Um, they went back and got Mozart, and I would have loved to have seen Tom Hulse do it. <laughs> That's immediately, of course, what I thought. Tom Hulse. Um, to my knowledge, Tom Hulse was not in the movie. Um, <laughs> although weirdly, I did notice uh, in the credits that Missy, Bill's stepmom, is in the movie somewhere. Do not recall seeing her. Interesting. Uh, there's a lot of historical figures that show up. Like Harriet Tubman was apparently in it somewhere. And I, I guess I blinked. I apologize. I did not mean to miss her. You sap. Uh, <laughs> do I, does that mean I have to do the rest of this in Spanish? Anyway, the. Uh, yes, saying. it does. <laughs> Oy, I took French. Anyway. The whole thing is, it's a terribly silly movie. It's, um, but at the same time, it's optimistic. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of hope woven into the movie of, yes, we can do this if we do it the right way. We, we need to come together and work together on things. So, I, you know, having something like that, especially now, I think is a great idea. So, yes, re, you know, I, I was hesitant about should we re, should a movie like this be released? Yeah, actually, it should, because it gives you the idea that, you know, we can work together to do things, maybe not necessarily as goofily as they do it in this. Um, I guess really the you know, is it worth watching? Sure. Why not? Go ahead. It'll I'm, kill an hour and a half. It's not a spectacular movie, but it's fun. I'm very happy to hear that. So my, my big question about this is how is Alex Winter? And seriously, my big question is how is Alex Winter? Um, exactly the same as we left him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Because that was uh, my, we know Keanu Reeves can act. I mean, well, Ke uh, Keanu is actually the one that seemed a bit off. Interesting. He wasn't as, uh, and now in my head, I've got them switched. <clears throat> Bill S. Preston Esquire is not Keanu. Uh, Ted seemed a bit off. He seemed a bit... Every so often you saw a, a flicker of there's John Wick in them, their eyes. Mm. You know, some, something something like that. And you kind of go, really? Uh, all right. 
Alex Alex probably hasn't played anything since Bill and Ted. I think he's been so he's been behind the scenes for those who don't yeah. know. He's he's still been in the industry all this time. He just hasn't been in front of the camera nearly as much oh. as Keanu. And I uh, will save some That's people. Cool. So, this is going to come up because some people don't. We'll we'll look at the the uh, credits and go. Hang on a minute. One of the daughters is played by Samara Weaving. Is she related to Hugo? The answer is yes. She's his niece. She is. I looked that up because I went, hang on a minute. Is he, is she related to Hugo? Yeah. So I thought I'd pass that along, but it, it's, it, there's a lot of eighties references. There's even a, uh, because they go into the future. And I found out later that I had misinterpreted a line and maybe you can misinterpret it with me and have fun with it. <clears throat> hey, Bill, here's the song. It's in MP 46 format. That's what I heard. And I went, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. But, you know, you can mishear that line too. Apparently that's not actually what's said, but that's what I heard. And maybe you'll hear it too. Have fun with it. There's a lot of 80s fluff. Uh, unlike the movies you watched this week, which are 80s, but I don't know that I would call them fluffy. They're not fluffy at all. They are, well... Maybe fluffy in the sense that the star typically has a fluffy little dog with him, although his dog passed a few couple of years ago. Not sure well, if he has I a think dog. It was now. in the eighties. Well, different dog. Uh oh, he wasn't hanging out with a dog back then. He hung out with some interesting people. I'm talking about the actor Mickey Rourke, who was as hot as you could get back in the eighties. Uh, and some people felt like in, yeah, that way too, other than it's just as far as his movies. So I'm going to talk about a couple movies that he starred in, in the mid to late eighties. I'm going to talk about the second one first, because this is the one that people don't know about nearly as much. It's called Johnny Handsome. So he came out in the early eighties in, in diner and diner launched a lot of careers, but he just like exploded off the screen in diner. And after that, just hit after hit after hit. Johnny Handsome kind of stopped that role for him, which is unfortunate because it's a really good film. Johnny Handsome is a crime thriller. He is a two-bit hood who is quite smart, though. So he's he's one of these guys who plans the who plans the jobs. He hooks up with a friend of his, connects him to a couple other people who are going to help him on this robbery. He's betrayed in the robbery. His friend is killed. He's caught, goes to jail, and he's plotting how to get his revenge against these people. And he finally gets his revenge. But this thing has a couple of very interesting twists. First, he has a severe facial deformity. If you've ever seen the movie Mask, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. So, uh, so he was born with this genetic anomaly. So when you see Mickey Rourke, he is not handsome. It is a cruel nickname because that's his nickname in the film is Johnny Handsome because he has, um, he is not quite handsome because he's got severe facial deformities, his cheekbones, his forehead, all the rest of it, has a cleft palate. Um, probably that's part of what hurt the box office is because you don't see Mickey Rourke as in what he normally looks like for at least half an hour into the movie. And it's a little hard to understand him because he's speaking as if he has a cleft palate. Again, part of the character. Uh, so he undergoes facial reconstruction and gets everything fixed and they work on his speech. And so you watch this process happen and he gets a regular job. But he notices oh, they have a lot of money at this job because he works at a shipyard and they pay in cash. And he realizes I can do two things. I can get some money and I can suck these characters back into it and set them up for the fall because he is able to find, and they won't recognize him obviously. So that's, that's the plot of, of how this all plays through, but check out this cast. And again, this is the eighties, Mickey Rourke, Ellen Barkin, Morgan Freeman, Forrest Whitaker, Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGovern, Scott Wilson, and Lance Hendrickson. That is a killer that's a killer great cast for the 80s. Well, it's a killer cast for any time. But holy crap. And they're all they're all at the top of their game. I mean, Morgan Freeman plays a, a 
police lieutenant who may be kind of shady. Uh, Forrest Whitaker plays a doctor who helps Johnny uh, get the surgery. He's not the surgeon, but he helps him with, with the entire process. Ellen Barkin and Lance Henriksen are the uh, pair of scumbag uh, thieves who have absolutely no honor with other thieves or among themselves. They are electric. They are so good. And Mickey Rourke is absolutely at the top of his game too. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a drama because you watch the process of this guy going through this, this change of being treated like he's a monster all his life, except basically like one guy who is his friend, Scott Wilson played by Scott Wilson, and then gradually becoming a new person and being not quite being able to let go of the past and, and his plan to get revenge on, on the bad guys, which are Lance Hendrickson and Alan Barkin. So it's a really good crime thriller. It's also a really good character study at the same time. Awesome, awesome flick. Highly recommended. And like I said, hardly anybody remembers this movie. An even better movie, though. This came out a couple of years before that, and a lot of people remember this movie, Angel Heart. Angel Heart is a really odd movie because it's a crime thriller horror movie. Yep, yep, yep. You don't see a lot of those. Um you know, an interesting thing, eh, maybe I'll talk about that interesting thing later, maybe you won't. But uh, oddly enough, both of these films from Carol Co., which is a production company which is no longer around, both from the same company, so a weird little thing. So Angel Heart is about a, a PI, this is set in 1955, who is hired by a kind of a weird dude to track down a, a singer named Johnny Favorite. And it starts out in New York. He has to go up to Harlem to try to track him. And then the trail leads to New Orleans and there are voodoo practitioners involved. And as he's trying to find Johnny favorite, he learns more and more. This guy, the guy's name is Harry Angel, hence Angel Heart, the private detective. Again, played by Mickey Rourke. Sorry, I didn't mention that, but should have been apparent because there's two Mickey Rourke movies. And this is the second one. So. He's trying to track down Johnny Favorite, and the, the more he learns about him, the the more he learns this guy is kind of a bad dude, like not a good person, and people don't want to talk about him. And slowly but surely, as he finds people who will tell him a little bit about it, they wind up dead. Uh, the local cops down in New Orleans are starting to see him as perhaps a suspect because, oh, that's interesting. You talk to this person, look, a couple days later, they're dead. How did that happen? So this continues, and he's getting closer and closer to finding where Johnny Favorite is because he went to an asylum, and then he was discharged, and he's still trying to track him down. He meets uh, the daughter of Johnny Favorite, played by Lisa Benet, which this is the reason the film got a lot of notoriety because in the Cosby show, she was the eldest daughter, and here she is having like really uh, graphic sex scenes in a movie that they had to cut 10 seconds out so they wouldn't get an, an X rating. So they had to cut 10 seconds out to get an R rating. And there's still a lot of graphic sex in it. Yep. There's a lot. There's more graphic uh, murder in it. Like you don't actually see the murders until maybe a little later you see some. But you see the results and it's like. The aftermath is enough. Super gory. So if gore bothers you. And this is very realistic, like a guy shot himself in the eye and blew his brains out. And it's like, that really looks like that. That's horrific. So, yeah, there's some really, really hor horrifying things in this. And it, as the movie progresses, it becomes less of a murder mystery and more of a horror movie. As he gradually learns who his, who, exactly who the guy is that hired him. And he finally figures out where Johnny Favorite is. Excellent movie. This movie, to me, it's got a 7.3 rating on IMDb out of 10, which is really, really high. Uh, to me, that's vastly underrated. I mean, there aren't very many horror thriller movies. and But off the top of my head, this is the best one. Because for one thing, there aren't many. Like you, like you said, not a lot of movies coming out this year. But again, people at the top of the game, Mickey Rourke was excellent. Robert De Niro is the odd person who hires him. 
Charlotte Rampling is a, another character who pops up who's quite important. Um, I mean, everybody in it is very good, but it's interesting. You see, oh, I recognize that person. I recognize that person. So every once in a while, someone will pop up that you recognize. Um, it has an extremely haunting theme uh, that, that plays through it. And it was actually a, a song done in the 30s, but they slowed it down and just did an instrumental version of it. And it's extremely weird and creepy. And yet it's, it's not the Hallelujah Chorus. <laughs> it isn't. And yet it's this love song that was done in the 30s, which allegedly in the plot of the film that uh, Johnny Favorite, uh, well, that was his, one of his big hits. So a great atmospheric thriller. It's, a, it's basically like a set up like a 50s detective story. And actually, because I've seen this movie several times, I don't know how many times I've watched it, probably seven or eight. Last night I watched it in black and white. And, and, and like you had said, Rob, it doesn't quite have the same thing because it's a different film process. So you don't quite have the sharp, the, the sharp contrast and you can adjust it. But it's still not quite the same. But I played it in black and white to see if that would help, if that would change the movie at all. And, and it does to some extent. And I recommend watching it in color because that's how it was filmed. If they'd wanted it in black and white, they would have filmed it that way. But it does give you much more of a feel of you're watching like a B movie from the fifties, despite the stars, because it has that look because it's not quite as crisp as like the top movies would have been then. But it really changes the impact of the blood because now the blood is just black, but it's so shiny. It's really weird. It gives it a very different feel. So it doesn't change it to, Oh, this is a movie I saw in the fifties because you didn't have blood like that in movies in the fifties. But the acting, of course, is still there. Um, you know, if you've seen it a few times, watch it in black and white and see, you know, how because it does change the the feel of the film. But and in both cases, Mickey Rourke is a character who goes on a very interesting character arc. So there's a lot that changes with the characters in addition to, wow, let's follow the plot and see what happens next, because that's fun. And Mickey Rourke is excellent in both of these films. And I was so happy. And you've mentioned the movie The Wrestler before a few times. And yeah, I was so happy when he came back and did the wrestler because it's like, oh, we finally got this dude back because uh, he's magnificent in the wrestler. This is one of the more underappreciated actors, and uh, absolutely, Angel Heart, Johnny Handsome. He made a few others in the eighties, which maybe I'll review the other two in another show, another time, because I don't want to just mention them and not talk about them because they're also terrific movies. So, but for now, go back to the past instead of back to the future and check out jo angel heart and Johnny handsome, two excellent performances by Mickey Rourke and excellent movies. You know what? That's actually a fairly good segue for the last movie we got today. Cause it's something that came out in the eighties, but they didn't make a movie of it until well, okay. A couple of years ago when they finished filming this, but it didn't come out until this week. <laughs> and yes, I am referring to the new mutants. Because I layered up and went to a theater with a mask because I'm Ooh. that dedicated. You are dedicated. Uh, and the other two people in the theater were similarly clad, and we sat more than six feet away from each other. Um, <laughs> the other two people? Well, I went to a very early show. So you're Hopefully, serious? There are only two I'm, other I'm people. Hoping, wow. I'm hoping that more people will see this movie. Oh, um, good. Because I guess I'll start with. My, my main criticisms of the new mutants, which is uh, a sub book of the X-Men. If you don't know, somehow you missed that. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, my main criticisms. I do not recall Roberto. De they didn't use any of the, uh, the character names, by the way, I'm going to, but they didn't in the movie. Uh, Roberto da Costa plays the character sunspot. Well, actually, I'm sorry. He is, he is sunspot. I've forgotten who plays Roberto da Costa. I do not recall his power disintegrating his clothes. That was just a, it, I can see where it happens because he projects energy fields around his body and okay, fine. They don't do that very much. It's not like a running gag or anything, but okay. Uh, Sam Guthrie character cannonball. Um, he's not blonde. 
there's my criticisms for the movie. <laughs> That's it. There, I mean, yeah, there's a couple little continuity things. Like one of the characters gets a nosebleed. It disappears in the next scene and then reappears later. Oh, darn, a continuity error with a nosebleed. Wah. I, I'm, I suppose I'm really annoyed the most that this is the last movie done by Fox using a Marvel property. And now you finally get it right. You pricks. You could have been doing this all along. They took a new mutant storyline from one of the books, uh, the, the Demon Bear books. You're going to get that from the trailer. That's not a spoiler. It's also in the first, like, three minutes of the of the movie. Not a spoiler. And they do change it just enough to explain why some of the characters who are in the books aren't here. And that's about it. They do a good job of it. Holy crap. Where were you guys who did this movie then? Now, I mean, it did start with a couple things that I, I did not go in expecting to like it. I expected it to be, oh, God, another X-Men movie, which if you've listened to our shows before, when I've talked about these, I collected these books for 20 years. I know these characters. And when I see them on the big screen, it irks me because they've screwed them all up. Yeah. <laughs> They did um, such, such an amateur. Yeah, bite me. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, one surprise character that I was not expecting. I'm not going to tell you who it is, except that they show up as a hand puppet. <laughs> okay. This it, 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 it that sounds so bizarre. Uh, they will not be a hand puppet by the end of the movie, and you will go. Good, because it, 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 it's actually that kind of a, a character. It does make sense. Um, but like I said, I was going into it expecting it to be screwed up. And one of the first lines of the movie uh, from Danny Moonstar, who is new to the – she's the character we follow through this. Um, she's brought to an asylum at the beginning of the movie because her entire village has been destroyed by the demon bear, which we do kind of see in a, a bit. She's talking with Dr. Reyes and she says, how do you know I'm a mutant? Because it came up and I was expecting the answer midichlorians <laughs> because it's a Fox thing. They didn't. They explained it correctly. Yay for them. Nice. Um, but basically all the new all of the characters are in this asylum um, because they all killed somebody. Now, not necessarily on purpose. Right. Um. It's because their powers manifested themselves and things went wrong because it happens. Um, and uh, they feel uh, guilty uh, about it. So happened a lot in the books, yes. Yeah. Now, what I was not expecting, even though I had read this, I was not expecting it to, to take on the direction it went. I had heard it was going to be a Marvel horror movie. That part I got, and I don't know... The, it's spooky and creepy in places. I don't know that I'd go full horror with it, but I also heard it was going to be kind of like the breakfast club. If the breakfast club was a, a horror movie with mutants in it, I'm like, <laughs> and you know what? In places it really was. Well, breakfast clubish. That's not a bad thing. That's a good no, thing. That's a very good thing. Um, Cause these are all teenage uh, characters going through what we the breakfast said it. You almost said it. You almost said they're all they're all teenage mutant ninja turtles, didn't you? I, I could hear it. <laughs> Although uh Berto's anyway, um <laughs> Yeah. But the, it, it's actually it's a fun movie. It's it does have some I'm not gonna go full horror, but it does have some spooky bits to it. Um there's not a whole lot of characters in it which is fine. You don't need them. Uh, there is a big bad in the movie besides the demon bear. We do not. I'm, I'm going to spoil this a bit. We do not see him, but wow. he is set up for future movies, which to me means what they need to do is make this movie part of the MCU. Officially. None of the actual X-Men are in it. The X-Men themselves as a group are mentioned, but none of the individuals so, yeah, there is no reason you can't just slot it in. 
Wait, are you telling me they don't mention Jean Grey specifically? They do not mention Jean Grey at all. Uh, are you sure this is that Fox made this movie? I thought that was contractual. <laughs> Contractually obligated to have her resurrect herself halfway through. Um, she didn't. My, my, I guess if I had to, to pull another complaint out, but you, you kind of got this from the trailer. Uh, Dr. Reyes, who we meet at the beginning of the movie, played by Alice Braga. Um, you kind of know she's going to... They, they don't come out and say, ooh, she's the bad guy. But... I have yet to see her in a movie where she doesn't have that perma bitch expression on her face. I was going to say, you know she's the bad guy. <laughs> if you saw the trailer and you know what she's played before, and obviously people can do different things, but yeah, <laughs> but she's got that look of, I'm the bad guy of this movie. Get over yeah, it. Right. And you go, Oh, right. You're the bad guy. She's the bad guy. Not so much of a spoiler. Yeah. Not in the not in the slightest. I, I think this could actually be brought in. And the uh, the actors have said they would love to do more with these characters. Let them. They did it right in this. So, so you're telling me that Fox Rex wrap, wraps up their X-Men legacy with an actual decent movie instead of the atrocity that was whatever they called the latest Dark Phoenix movie. And yeah, and no one's going to see this one because of covid and all the other stuff that went along with it it's going to about i'm going to guess about a year from now when people start watching it on uh you know on streaming and maybe go buy a dvd or something or see it at a friend's house they're gonna go this was a good movie six weeks eight weeks tops i it's really odd to me that they chose a theatrical release for this at this point Oh, yeah. When they've been sitting on it for so long, and there's like not any pent up demand for it because they've trashed the reputation of the of the Fox movies and everybody knows it's a Fox movie. So and the fact that Although it they reshot and reshot. With, um, it does start with 20th Century Studios instead of 20th Century Fox, which is good because it is the thing. So it just made no sense to me that it's like, really, you're going to go finally, you're going to theatrical release this when you didn't and didn't and didn't and didn't. It's like, why on earth didn't you just stream this? It's a really odd choice. It would have made a lot more sense, although I still think this needs to be part of the MCU now. Yeah, if it's if it's if it's decent, it should be part of the MCU, let alone if it's, it's really good. It's better than Bill and Ted. It is more than decent. Well, there you go. So bring it, bring it, bring it. Bonus points. See, I told you this was going to be a happy show. It is a happy show. We are back around to Marvel again. Um, (laughs) So I know I've been telling you stay home and watch a movie, and I just told you that I didn't. If you're going to go out, one, go see New Mutants and layer the crap up. It's going to be hot, it's going to be uncomfortable. Or you can do the smart thing, because I did the stupid thing this week. Do the smart thing. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that. He's gone. My country.